Praise My Soul, The King of Heaven, a hymn by Henry Francis Light, Anglican divine, hymnologist, and poet, 1793 to 1847. Praise my soul, the King of Heaven, to his feet your tribute bring, ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven, evermore his praises sing. Alleluia, alleluia, praise the everlasting King. Praise Him for His grace and favor to His people in distress. Praise Him still the same as ever, slow to chide and swift to bless. Alleluia, alleluia, glorious in His faithfulness. Father-like He tends and spares us, well our feeble frame He knows. In His hand He gently bears us, rescues us from all our foes. Alleluia, alleluia. Widely yet his mercy flows. Angels help us to adore him. You behold him face to face. Sun and moon bow down before him. Dwellers all in time and space. Alleluia. Alleluia. Praise with us the God of grace. Frail as summer's flower we flourish. Blows the wind and it is gone. But while mortals rise and perish, God endures unchanging on. Praise Him, praise Him. Praise the High, Exalted One. Scripture reading. Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 23. For I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you, and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love, and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God, and of the Father, and of Christ, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And this I say, lest any man beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the Spirit, joying and beholding your order, and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat, or in drink, or in respect of an holy day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days which are a shadow of things to come, but the body 
is of Christ. Let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands, having nourishment ministered and knit together, increaseth with the increase of God. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, as though living in the world, are ye subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not, which are all to perish with the using, after the commandments and doctrines of men? Which things have indeed a show of wisdom in will-worship, and humility, and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh? Devotional Remarks from a sermon entitled, How Are We Complete in Christ? by William Whitaker, Anglican churchman, academic, and theologian, 1548-1595. In the completeness and perfection of Christ as Savior, He is all. From first to last, in all several points of it, He is the Alpha and Omega, the Beginner and Perfector, the Author and Finisher of all. In having an interest in Him, believers have enough for the supply of all wants, for the prevention of all dangers, for the procurement of all good. And therefore, what the Apostle speaks here in one word, Christ is all. He speaks at large in an innumerable of several weighty particulars in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, who, of God, is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Here, we are foolish creatures. Christ is wisdom. We are guilty. He is righteousness. We are polluted. He is sanctification. We are lost and undone, but in Him is redemption. We are empty of all good, but He is a full fountain from whom flow all those blessings which concern either our present comfort or future happiness. We are necessitous and indigent, but in Him are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Yea, in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in Him. There cannot a greater word be used than what the Apostle speaks here. Christ is all. Physicians speak of an universal medicine suited to all diseases and helpful in all maladies. But whether this can be found in nature or not, yet certainly Christ is a panacea. In Him we have a plaster for all our sores, a remedy against all distempers. There are indeed thousands of cases wherein all other helps are but miserable comforts and physicians of no value, but not one case wherein Christ is not a full and proper help, when all that friends can do is only pity us. He can help us, because Christ is all. The wrath of an offended God, which like that flaming sword that kept out our apostate parents from returning into paradise, would render our admission into heaven equally impossible. But Christ 
by bearing the wrath of God in his own person, hath taken it off from us. And therefore, he is said to deliver us from the wrath to come. He who was the subject of God's love became the subject of his displeasure, that we who were the children of wrath might become the objects of his favor. He is that Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. He is our propitiation. It was not thousands of rams, nor ten thousands of rivers of oil, which could have borne any portion in point of satisfaction for our sins. It was not all the legal sacrifices of old that could do anything, nor can our duties now. But Christ is all in expiating for sin. And such is the fullness of Christ's satisfaction that he hath not only freed such as are united unto him from condemnation, but purchased for them the adoption of children. And thus Christ is all in removing this bar and opening this door to salvation, which, had it not been for his mediation, would forever have remained shut against all the children of men. Christ is all all, to fill the souls of believers with all the good which may capacitate and qualify them for happiness. It is the decree of heaven that none be admitted into glory but those on whom God hath wrought the truth of grace. Heaven must first be brought down into our souls before our souls are capable of ascending up thither. We must first be made meet before we can partake of that inheritance of the saints in light. We are by nature unmeet, because we are carnal and earthly. There must be, therefore, some kind of suitableness and harmony betwixt our souls and heavenly mercies before we are capable of tasting the sweetness of them. Christ is all to believers in this respect. It is from His fullness we receive, and grace for grace. That we have anything of grace, it is from Him. And that we have such a degree or measure of grace, it is from Him. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. The essence and the abundance are both from Him. All those miracles which Christ wrought in the days of His flesh upon the bodies of poor creatures, in restoring sight to the blind, speech to the dumb, life to the dead, all these does Christ work over again upon the souls of them whom he prepares for heaven. A prayer from The Poor Man's Morning and Evening Portions by Robert Hawker, Anglican Priest, 1753 to 1827. Blessed Jesus, well is it for me that thou didst not hate to become a surety. For hadst thou so done and refused the vast undertaking, I must have perished forever. And hadst thou consented to become a surety only for friends and those only that love thee, still here again I should have been lost. But when thou condescended to become the surety for me, O Lord, it was not simply for a stranger but for a rebel, a hater, and despiser of thee and of thy great salvation. O love of God that passeth knowledge, 
And how, blessed Jesus, didst thou indeed smart, and were crushed and broken, when for my dreadful debt of sin, which surpassed all the angels of light to pay, it pleased the Father to bruise thee and to put thee to grief. O matchless love of a most compassionate Savior, methinks I still see thee taking my place under the angry eye of God's broken law. Methinks I see thee striking my worthless name out of the bond of the covenant of the law of works and putting in thine own. Methinks I still hear thee like another Judah, who in this was evidently thy type, saying to God and the Father, I will be surety for him. At my hands thou shalt require him. O Lamb of God, I bless thee as my surety. I acknowledge thee as my glorious sponsor. I was a stranger indeed, and thou hadst owned me and brought me home. I was in debt and insolvent, and thou hast canceled the whole in the blood of thy cross. I was naked, and thou hast clothed me, sick and in prison, and thou hadst visited, healed me, and brought me out. I was lost, and thou hast redeemed and saved me. Oh, what shall I render unto the Lord for all the benefits he hath done unto me? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Amen.